You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, along with James Rapine, coming to you daily as we always do. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow James at James Rapine on Twitter, me at Jake underscore NFL, and the podcast at Lockdown Bengals. Today, we'll talk to Jeff Hobson coming up in just a little bit, but we need to start the show by talking about the franchise tag news. Or perhaps better said, James, the lack thereof. The Bengals do not use a franchise tag on either of the candidates that we thought they might use it on, especially Carl Lawson. Both Carl Lawson and William Jackson now appear to be primed to head into unrestricted free agency, unless the Bengals get a deal done. But honestly, at this point, I know they're going to work on it, and, and all the reports say they're still trying to bring Lawson back. I have a hard time seeing either of those guys come back before the new league year. I went on a Cleveland radio station this morning and said, if the Bengals don't franchise tag Carl Lawson and he hits the market, he will not be back in Cincinnati. And I can confidently say that. So the Bengals have between now and March 15th, when the legal tampering period begins to knock Lawson socks off. And I don't know if they should knock his socks off. And that was the whole point of the franchise tag is to keep him around, kind of show him, hey, you're not going anywhere this year. And they didn't do that. And maybe it's part of a a grander plan that we can't see now. But it's very, very easy to question it at this stage, Jake, because the the two things that made sense defensively, and I'm not saying that these were the only two moves they were going to make, but the two things that made sense to me were try to keep Carl Lawson. And if you can extend Jackson, extend him. I think that's easier said than done because he's probably the top cornerback on the free agent market. I guess that's debatable a little bit, but but probably. But I'm, I'm surprised now. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's fair to assume, even though the Bengals specifically do want Lawson back, I, uh, I think it's fair to assume that he's going to be a free agent. And when you look at his Twitter and him saying, you know, guns for hire, and he posted that just a few minutes uh, after the it was basically announced, not that the Bengals announced it, but it was announced that they weren't going to be using the franchise tag on him. I think that just lets every team in the league know, hey, I'm available. And guess what? There's going to be a lot of teams interested in Carl Lawson for, for good reason. So I think it's going to be hard to bring him back. There are plenty of lists out there that have Carl Lawson as the best available edge defender. Smart people like Brandon Thorne, like Mark Schofield have Carl Lawson as the best available edge defender. We talked to Doug Farrar not too long ago, who along with Mark Schofield, along with PFF, have William Jackson as the best available free agent corner. The Bengals obviously disagree Because after spending a ton of money on the defense last year and watching that defense continue to struggle, they did not prioritize getting deals done with either of these guys before they hit the open market. And there's still a chance that deals get done. But it looks like if they do want to revamp anything on this defense or they want to make another run to improve this defense, that's going to come from players that played for other teams in 2020. Now, The silver lining of not using the franchise tag, if you're looking for one, is that that's $17 million of a cap hit that now is not on the books for the Bengals in 2021. That is 
cash and cap saved in the current year. And if you've listened to this podcast in the days leading up to today, even yesterday's show, James, I said, if they do franchise tag loss and that comes at a cost and the cost is flexibility. And we just heard Duke Tobin talk about how flexible they are and how they've managed the cap and put themselves in this situation. It's not so much an issue of cap management. In my opinion, this is another issue where self-scouting may have failed the Bengals and maybe even pro scouting in general. We'll see who they go after with this money, how they plan to remake this defense because you can't go into the season with their current roster of cornerbacks and edge players. They will need to add players there. But my personal hope is that they continue to make space with some of the obvious cuts or renegotiations we've talked about and instead put that money toward offense. But even if they do that, James, they will need to spend money to replace these guys on defense. Malcolm Butler's a free agent released by the Titans, replace William Jackson with Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Butler, and boom, it's fixed. Obviously, I'm kidding, but uh, certainly there are going to be a bunch of free agents available. Maybe the Bengals just feel like, hey, if we spend 50% of the money on on a Carl Lawson replacement, you're, we're going to get 80% of the production. And, and the same goes for William Jackson III. I'm not saying that's the right way to think about it, but maybe that's how they view it, especially since they have so many holes. I do think this, they better be in the the William sweepstakes. And maybe that's not the Trent Williams sweepstakes. Maybe that's the Daryl Williams sweepstakes. But if you're not tagging Lawson or retaining Lawson, and I think it's unlikely that they can keep him, then you got plenty of money to spend on Joe Burrow's offensive line. Maybe you do go all in on offense and really just try to outscore people in 2021. Either way, regardless, we're going to be here for you. And you know who else is? Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com. He's going to join us next to talk about this very subject, the franchise tag, the fact that Lawson and Jackson could be hitting free agency and what the Bengals plan to do over the next few months. But first, I talk about it all the time. So does Jake. We're, we love Built Bar. And we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is German chocolate versus salted caramel and mocha love versus white chocolate birthday cake. Look, I don't know about you, Jake. I'm all in right now on the German chocolate in this matchup. And give me a little white chocolate birthday cake. Regardless, make sure you go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter and vote in this matchup. And when you go to BuiltBar.com, remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Let's keep things rolling with Jeff Hobson, bangles.com. Jeff, appreciate the time as always. We have a ton to get to, so let's just dive right on in. The Bengals didn't use the franchise tag on Tuesday afternoon. I think a lot of people, including myself, thought they might place it on Carl Lawson. How big of a surprise is it, and do you think that they're going to be able to retain either William Jackson III or Carl Lawson in free agency? Thanks for having me on, by the way, fellas. Appreciate it. Uh, You know – I think uh, I didn't expect Duke to drop a lot of, uh, you know, to drop any hints really yesterday uh, when he took, when he did his first, uh, when he did his first off season discussion on Monday on the zoom with the Cincinnati media, 
But he did say something that was interesting, that he feels like they're at an advantage with the way the rest of the league is kind of salary cap strapped and the Bengals have a lot of room. And I think not using the tag strikes me as they're trying to keep that advantage. You know, they're trying to keep the whatever they get, 40 million under or whatever, 40 million to spend. And I'm not sure they wanted to uh, spend half of it on one player. You know, that's that's the sense I got because they wanted to keep the advantage of, you know, there's going to be there's there's going to be a continual for the next week. There's until free agency stats. There's going to be a continual flow of uh, people that are going to get cut. Good players are going to get cut. So it strikes me. And I was kind of surprised. I thought they would tag Carl. I mean, you know, they don't I mean, he's the best pass rusher and they really don't have anybody behind him to rush the passer. But. You know, I think they feel like that maybe maybe they can still get him done at a good number, multi-term, and if they can't, it is a pretty. I mean, there is a, it's a pretty good draft for edge rushers, and there are a lot of edge rushers out there in in free agency. Although I am a Carl guy, I think we all are. We love the way the passion he plays the game and everything. So we'll see how it plays out. But it's it struck me that they just didn't want to they didn't want to use a big number on one guy. And I actually talked about that on the podcast today before you joined us. It's something that from a cap perspective, seems like it's actually a really good practice to, to keep that flexibility going into free agency makes a ton of sense. On the downside to it, you're losing a guy that a lot of people see, not necessarily losing, but certainly exposing yourself to more risk for a guy that a lot of people see as the best pass rusher available in free agency this year. Right. And I, and, and that's, uh, and that, and I, uh, Lawson is, uh, is a terrific player. I mean, is he a, an alpha, is he an alpha rusher, uh, in the Carlos Dunlap mode in his, when he was in his fifth season? No, he's not, but he's going to get that kind of money. So I think that also has to be balanced it, it too. How much are you going to spend on a guy that is a, uh, maybe a eight and a half, nine sack guy? as opposed to maybe 15. I mean, because Carl's going to get, he's going to get big money if it's here or anywhere else. He's going to get, he's going to get huge money and he'll deserve it. But are, are they, what kind of production are they going to get? Because they need another guy other than Carl. You know, I think they need, they need more than one edge. I need, they need more than one. They need more than one edge rusher. And I think they'd love to have Carl, but I mean, I think they'd also like to see, get him at a, hopefully sign them long-term and get them at a workable, workable cap number. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of big money, I expect William Jackson to get big money as well as he potentially gets the free agency. How do they view William Jackson, the third in, in his, the fact that they have Trey Wayne's kind of waiting and uh, in, in coming in on, in the contract that he signed last year is, is that part of the reason why they, they didn't even, cause I don't even really think they considered tagging him really it was a, a loss and or nothing type deal and I might be wrong on that but it just felt that way but but how do they view William Jackson the third and do you think they try to get a deal done with him and keep him you know I I think uh when you look if I mean if you look at both guys and I and I don't know what they're thinking is on this I do know that William turns 30 next year Carlson turns 26 in uh you know at the end of June I think that's probably a factor too, a little bit working into it. I mean, they like him. I mean, you know, uh, he's a rare guy. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a first round pick who's a cover guy. He's lean. He's exactly what you want back there. You know, I, I I think again, it's a, uh, it's a matter of, 
what do you need and what can you afford? And they've got Trey Waynes coming in. And if they can't get anything done with William, then it's, there are corners out there and they, they need more than, they need more than corners. You know, they need an edge guy. They need a, they need a three technique um, and they need help on the offensive line. So I think they, I think they like William, but I mean, again, at, at what price? Certainly not 15 million. And uh, as they apparently decided today, but I think that, uh, you know, I think that's, that remains to play out because there are a lot of corners out there. And, uh, you know, Carl, I think was rated among the top for uh, pass rushers. I think Williams, William is rated one of the, one of the top cornerbacks. So we'll see what, uh, you know, like I said, James, I think to me, this suggests to me, they're going for multiple, they're going for multiple corners. They're going for multiple edge rushers. You know, to, you know, to, with those workable cap numbers. Perhaps the the Buffalo Bills approach, the approach they took on the offensive line to fix it last year. You talked about needing a three tech, and earlier you talked a little bit about veterans getting cut around the league. The way Duke talked yesterday, he he was glowing, absolutely effusive in his praise for Geno Atkins. To me, the way that sounded was, we're going to ask Geno to take less money, or we're going to cut him loose. What's your opinion on where they're at with probably Gino and Bobby Hart and guys like Giovanni Bernard and maybe even CJ Uzama? I think those last two guys more likely to come back, but I feel like there's some cap cuts coming for this team. Yeah, I don't think Uzama and Bernard, though, you don't have anybody to replace them. You know, there's nobody. Uh, they apparently don't think Trayvon Williams is 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 going to replace them because they barely mm-hmm. used them last year. Mm-hmm. And I think Uzama is, uh, you know, he's, he's I think he's in the second year of an extension and, you know, ever so briefly he showed a good chemistry with, uh, you know, with Burrow, you know, so I don't see them getting cut, but I think, you know, but I think you're right, Jake. I think, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, that 14.7 million cap hit for Gino, you know, that might be, uh, that might be three players, you know, if, but they would love to have him back for obvious reasons. The guy's a hall of famer. You don't want to see him go anywhere else, but uh, yeah, I mean uh, that, and I, and I'm not sure what the deal is with Hart. Uh, because, you know, Frank Pollock coming in is, uh, and he, Bobby's one of the few guys that Frank had when he was here in 18. So, you know, how the, how that's going to play out, that's, that's yet to be determined. But I think, you know, Paul Brown used to say, uh, uh, and, and Pete Brown used to say this, uh, you know, uh, if you don't have anybody to replace them, you know, don't, you know, don't make the move before you get anybody who's going to replace him, you know? So uh, Pete Schramm, our guy at, at, at Bengals PR, he had a, he's got some great Fred Johnson numbers, though. He's got, the, like, Fred is 4-1 and one in games that he started at left and right tackle, and they run the ball 4.7 per, and they've only allowed three sacks in those five starts. So, you know, who knows what they're going to do over there right there. I do think that, though, Adeniji, their sixth-round pick, I think he's a uh, – I think he's a guy who's on the come who, who, who could be a factor too. So uh, there are options over there if they do want to, uh, you know, if they're looking to make some moves. As far as Gino's concerned, do you know how he views this coaching staff? I, I missed year one under Taylor, right? So I, I, I'm not sure. And, and he doesn't speak off the, as we know. I don't know do you know how he views about, the, the I don't know what regime? Gino thinks about the previous coaching staff. <laughs> I mean, gotcha. I think I got an idea what he thinks of Paul Gunther because 
at the end of 2014, Paul said something that wasn't meant to be critical. It was just that, hey, you know, we're expecting more from the guy. Uh, and that was the year after, after, the ACL. after, after his ACL. Yeah. And I, I, you know, Gino hasn't talked to anybody since. So, um, I, you know, I'm not sure what, you know, I, th- I do know this. I knew what the coaching staff thinks of Gino. I think they hold him in high regard because okay. he could, when he got hurt, uh, and he got hurt and it was, it was, it's a shame because he looked very good. As Duke mm-hmm. said yesterday, I think, I think he was going to get revived with DJ reader. I really do. Cause DJ is a guy on the cusp of the pro bowl. You put two of those guys together. That would have been very interesting. And then he gets banged and he gets hurt and he could have said, okay, I'm, I'm going to take surgery and I'm gone. But he tried, you know, he tried to play with it. He couldn't, but he tried. And I think the coaches, the coaches really appreciated that. If you're the Bengals, do you try to sell? Gino on that. Hey, come back here, take a pay cut. You don't have to move. You're not going to get some big number elsewhere. Maybe you don't put it that way, but let's be honest. He's not going to get that on the free agent market. He's not going to get a crazy big contract. Stay here and play alongside DJ reader and show the league that you're still a dominant player. I do. I don't know what they'll do. I don't know, but I would try to sell them on that. Look, uh, go out here, maybe, uh, you know, be a mentor to these guys like, like reader and Rennell Wren and, you know, they're going to get somebody else at some point. They got to get somebody else, either in free agency or the guy I'm kind of pushing for is Shelby Harris out of Denver. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I think that's the pitch, you know, because I think he's, you know, I mean, I, you know, I think if the guy was maybe if he was, uh, if he was used in, in limited style, if he maybe was playing, you know, if you played him 300 snaps instead of 800, you know, maybe you get back to that kind of, you know, maybe he's a six, seven, maybe he is a six, seven sack guy from the middle, you know? So uh, I think, you know, I think it's, I think it's interesting because of the way he looked coming into camp last year, which wasn't too long ago. Everybody had glowing things to say about Gino going into the season. Unfortunately, the shoulder injury, of course, but I feel like it's also been a couple of years in a row where we've thought, Hey, this pass rush, they look great in camp. And then we get to the season and then the offensive line turns out to be one of the worst units in the league. And, and then the pass rush just hasn't really shown up in the regular season. But there's a question that I think is on the mind of a lot of our listeners. And we'll get into that coming up here after the break. You've been big on going in on the defense, fixing the defense. I want to get you to talk a little bit more about your opinion there, why that's the case coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action March Madness, it's March. March Madness is almost here. You need to get to bet bet online right now. Get established, get ready to go so you can make some money on your favorite college hoops teams. You get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Plus, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So check them out right now, betonline.ag. And make sure you use promo code locked on. You know why? Because you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, go to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk a little bit more about this offense. You've been pretty vocal and you're sticking to your guns on this with your opinion that this defense needs help. And that's absolutely true. Philosophically, though, after kind of seeing what happened with the offensive line where they projected a lot of confidence in the offensive line last year going into the season. Mike Jordan didn't take a step. They, they didn't get consistent guard play. Yeah, they dealt with some injuries, but guys didn't necessarily get better. 
the team seems to be of the opinion this year that they're going to bring in some outside help. What makes you so confident in, in Frank Pollock being such a key addition to this unit that's going to get them back to a place where they're maybe at least average? I tell you what, philosophically, I'm still there with the defense because when Andy, uh, what Joe Burrow needs, yeah, he needs to be protected. Yeah, but he also needs help on defense too. Okay, they have to they have to stop people from so that helps Joe Burrow too that he doesn't have to score as many points. One of the reasons Andy Dalton came in here and went to five straight playoff berths in his first five seasons, yes, Whitworth and Andre Smith were solid tackles, but those defenses in Dalton's first three years were ranked seven, six, and five in the league, respectively, in 11 through 13. So, yeah, I'm sticking with my guns about defense. Uh, you know, I don't know, you know, Frank Pollock, all I know is that Joe Mixon – ran the ball 4.9 per with Frank Pollard, period, end of graph, okay? Uh, so that tells me something there. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I know it's, I know it's, uh, I know it's in season to, to pound on these guys, but I'll tell you what, uh, it looked like they couldn't, I mean, I think there were 11 different combinations. I don't know what it was, but it was ridiculous. It seemed like, after they beat Tennessee with that with that revamp line they needed to put together in the last 48 hours because of illness and injury, and they walked out there with four new guys, it almost seemed like they said, geez, we can play with anybody with any combination. And they tried that. And that, you know, you gotta stick with these guys. I mean, okay, am I am I uh, you know, Michael Jordan, okay, uh, he gave up the burrow sack that got him hurt, and he's been inconsistent. Okay, I'd like to see the guy. I'd like to see have somebody have confidence in Michael Jordan and stick with him. Okay, I don't know if that can happen now in this town after what happened. After what happened, but I think you know, let's let's let's. uh, Yes, you have to upgrade the offensive line. You have to upgrade the offensive line, but you know, let's let's you know maybe try some consistency. You know, uh, get a guard in here. You want to get a guard in here? Great. Do you want to spend fourteen million on a guard? Do we have to do we have to pay a guard 14 million? Kevin Zeitler is going to be working on his third team. They're about to they're about to trade Andrew Norwell. I, I, will they be able to trade Andrew Norwell in Jacksonville? Probably not. You know, so do you have to pay a guard 14 million? So I think it's many, many things. You got to get better up front. You have to have better talent. There's no question about it. But if you got to pay a guard 14 million and there's somebody running past you on the corner, running past you on the corner. You know, I, I just don't, to me, it makes no sense. Do you, do you think, Jeff, that they go after uh, a free agent tackle in that scenario? Because obviously, historically, as you mentioned, they, they're not used to paying guard that yeah. type of money. So then do they spend big money on, uh, I'll, I'll throw out two Williamses, Trent Williams, who's going to be a free agent. And I know he's set to be 33, but signing him would kind of remind me of the Rams and, and the way they signed Whitworth yeah. back in 2016 and kind of, uh, or 2017 rather. Uh, to help them kind of start their playoff runs. And then another guy I'll give you that won't cost as much as Trent Williams, who's going to break the bank. What about Darrell Williams from, from the Buffalo Bills? He's a, a right tackle. You think they could get in on either one of those guys? I think they could, but how much? You know, I mean, how, how much? I would say Darrell probably 10 to 12. I, I think yeah. it'll be less than Tooney, honestly. I yeah. really do, which, which right. would be surprising. Right. To some people, I guess, or maybe even to the Bengals. But to me, 
maybe maybe Daryl Williams at ten to twelve. What do you th- is that realistic or is that pie in the sky? I I think you probably you know it's not going to be that on Wednesday or Thursday. Sure, it might be that later, but I mean. <laughs> You know, I, you know, there's going to be some ridiculous numbers out there. They just got to be, all I'm saying is they just got to be careful not to spend them. I, you know, I'm all for upgrading the offensive line, but don't spend your way out on defense either. You know, at tackle, um, you know, I, you know, can Jonah Williams play? Sure. I, I, I think he can. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, uh, you know, right tackles, can Adenergy play? I think he can, but, you know. Uh, I'd like to see it. I mean, if they do upgrade it, I would like to see it on the perimeter at left or right tackle. Gonna like if they're spending, if they're spending the bigger money. Yeah. I, you know, I, cause I just don't see, I just don't see him dropping 12 million. I don't just, I don't just don't see dropping 14 million on Tooney, a guy you're going to, he's going to be Zeitler. He's going to be this year's Zeitler and get whacked. And, and he's 28 too. Yeah. He's 28. Yeah. It's he's not even, like he's, he's 25. Older. Yeah. He's even older than Zeitler was. So, and, to, and don't get me wrong. He's a very good player. I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to have him. You know, but Lamar Jackson is five and zero against them. Baker Mayfield is five and one against them with a one hundred eleven passer rating. Nick Chubb <laughs> is averaging four point eight per against them. You know, I love Joe Tooney, but you know, I actually totally hear you there. And the Bengals historically not paying a ton of money to the guard position is something that I agree with. I think that if they were going to go out and spend big money on a free agent offensive lineman. I I'm totally okay with it not being Tooney and some of our listeners might not like that. I I, I tweeted today, y'all are going to riot if they don't sign Joe Tooney, aren't you? And that tweet uh, got a lot of reaction. A lot of people are, are Tooney or bust for me. I watched yeah. Daryl Williams handle TJ or yeah. Handle TJ Watt when the bills played the Steelers last year. And if I'm looking for a big jump, man, I think Daryl Williams is really good. But beyond that, Something I want to talk to you about is, is, is cap math. The Bengals typically do contracts in a pretty specific way. They like year one roster bonuses. They like when they do extensions to put increased salary into year one as well. And this year specifically, we're seeing teams do a bunch of void years. I don't think the Bengals are going to get into void years, even though the Buccaneers did, which is crazy to me because the Bucks never give out prorated money. But are the Bengals going to do more of the Joe Mixon structure where they are smart about pushing those cap hits down the road with bigger signing bonuses at the expense of potentially bigger cash expenditures in year one. Yeah. I just don't, uh, I just don't see that, you know, voidable years is, is having a, uh, it's having a retro, you know, it's like Woodstock. It's having a, it's having a kind of a nostalgic run here. Nobody ever thought the Bengals would do voidable years back in the first years of free agency. They did with Dan Wilkinson and, uh, Kajana Carter. So I think when I think when push comes to shove, and if they got to get something done, they would do that. But they don't like to do that, and I think this is a reason why they're sitting in pretty good shape now. Whereas, you know, if you know, so I guess what you're saying is, would they do it now? If this is their one, sh- if, the, if this if this is their one shot in a salary cap strap year, you get a rookie quarterback contract. Do it now. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't see them getting off that philosophy because I think they can still, I still think they can sign. I still think they can sign people that are going to help them without going crazy. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, I think, uh, how old's Trent Williams, by the way, James, 
will be 33 in July. So it, it, it really reminds me of the Whitworth type, but he's going to yeah. command about yeah. eight to nine million more. Yeah, but he's not Whitworth as good as Whitworth, though, probably, right? Oh, it's close. He's really good. He, he he's not he, he's not a leader like Whitworth, though, that, yeah. that part. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that's that's part of the. I think the if difference. I was going to spend money like that, I probably would spend it on a left tackle instead yeah. of a right. Because you know what? Because, Jake, you know what? You might have Fred Johnson might be might be might be a young Darrell Williams. I, I like Fred. He, he didn't yeah. really seem to respond to whatever was getting taught yeah. in, in Cincinnati on the offensive line yeah. this year. But but what you bring up is exactly what I'm thinking is they've got the rookie contract. They've got this guy that they think is a special quarterback. And we're in an exceptional year from a from a cash revenue perspective and from a cap perspective. They do have that flexibility. We're expecting them to make some more space here with a with a move for Gino one way or another. And so I kind of see them as a team that has about 70 million in cash to spend, not counting free agents, not talking about the cap has about 70 million in cash to spend based on recent trends and what they spend every year and has probably about 50 million in cap space. But if they chose to, and they chose to spend a little bit more cash this year to push some of those cap hits out, not using the void years, but just regular signing bonuses prorated over the life of the deal and had lower salaries in year one, they could go big and, and really try to build this thing quickly around Burrow. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you could make the, well, I mean, I guess you could, I mean, I, who, who are you talking about? I mean, like, who are these? I mean, who uh, who's going to change it for you like that? I guess, um, you know, you're talking about, I mean, is Bud Dupree going to do that? Well, so is, so my idea would be something yeah. like, you know, they would have brought back Carl, or maybe they still do, right? So right. Carl Lawson right. is, is your foundational piece on the defensive line. You find a three-tech to go with him, and then you've got a core on your defensive line, at least of, of three-tech, whoever that person is. Maybe it's Shelby Harris, right? Three-tech, Carl and DJ reader. And, and then, you know, maybe it's not Joe Tooney, although I think they can actually make it work from a cap perspective for Tooney and for Daryl Williams. And then you just opened it wide open in the draft. Right. And then at five, you can look at, you know, those receivers, you can look at a trade back in a corner. You can look at Kyle Pitts. You're just wide open at that point. So it's basically a two year window. Cause you're going to have to extend burrow. Well, it's a, it's like a four year window, right? Cause he, he gets well, a fourth year option. And, well, you and the cap extend, is, you can extend them after three years. Sure. But right. even if they do, the cap's going to go up, right? Like the cap's going to bounce back. And in several years, these deals, like the cap on average, before a global pandemic came along, the cap was growing, what, $10, 12000000 million a year? Yeah. It, you know, yeah, I guess that's right. But my thing is, it's going to be a, it, it, it's going to be two years and out the door. All those guys get blown up. You know, sure. I mean, no, I, I see what you're saying. If you, it, I guess if you're overpaying, but it, it does feel like, and, and I think we got a, at least a, an idea of what the Bengals offseason plan is today when they didn't tag either of these guys. Right. Maybe they're not going to be big fish hunting, right, for Trent Williams, but they yeah. might have six or seven, six million dollar guys. And so, given, well, I still think they can have a big ticket to, I mean, I still think it can, they can have a big ticket or two. Okay. You know, they work the cap number, right? Sure. Um, so I think you could st- you could still do a DJ Reed at Trey Wayne's right this year's version of them have okay. two of them, but maybe instead of you know Mackenzie Alexander and well instead of maybe like Von Bell and Xavier Suafilo, two of those guys, you get four of those guys. Sure. In addition to the two to the two to the two big 
to the two big ticket items without, without, you know, um, you know, without mortgaging in the future. But I can, you know, I like, I mean, I like what Jake is saying, but I mean, a lot of football is, you know, you got to get some consistency too. And these teams that have done that, that have consistently done that, low in the first year, spread everything out into the, into the future, they get blown up. You know, they oh, yeah. I mean, and I, I think there's a way that you have to be smart about it for sure. Yeah. Like I'm not saying use void years and take a $10 million dead right. cap hit for a guy. Like don't do what you did with Carson Wentz in Philly where they're paying, right. where they have a $30 million cap hit for a guy that's not on your team. Tampa had it right, I think. Tampa, Tampa never Tampa did prorated money until Levante David today, which was crazy. My <laughs> mind was blown by that Levante David deal. But look at what Tampa did, right? Last year, they, uh, um, you know, they didn't really do it. I mean, the only, if you could call it crazy, the only really, I mean, you know, they dropped money on Brady, right? I mean, and, and it's reasonable money <laughs> when you look at that no 25 question. million. Yeah. You're right. You know, I mean, I can't think of another, was there a really gaudy, was it really another, I mean, it was some trades. It was some really good draft picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody. I think people thought uh, the linebacker was going to be a good player, but man, that guy's come out of nowhere. That you know, I mean, talk sure. about De- Devin talk White. About these, talk about these dash and hit uh, linebackers. That guy uh, White is a yeah, you know, perfect example of probably what this team needs at some point. Yeah, it is interesting. It, I mean, they have to hit in the draft. That's it. Like you said, that's exactly what Tampa did. Yep. They, they've got a they've got because the Bengals when they were successful, two thousand early two thousand ten two thousand fifteen you know the early Andy Dalton era go back to the Carson Palmer era, the Bengals were hitting in drafts they were getting comp picks they were rolling in draft capital that way they were making those smaller free agent signings that sometimes worked sometimes didn't work fans sometimes right. wanted them to go one extra step to try to get there and and things didn't quite yep. break their way. But it all starts right. with nailing it in the draft, and and they've kind of got to get back on track and keep it rolling from 2020 and 2021 this year. Yeah, no, yeah. You look at 2012. You know, you make a good point about 2012, 2013. You know, Kirkpatrick, uh, Zeitler, uh, you know, uh, Mar- uh, Marvin Jones, uh, um, Sanu. I mean, Eifert. You know, the list goes on, and yet um, they those free agent deals. I I remember that that 12. It was either 12 or 13, and they. They basically kept that defense together. They, you know, they. I think they re-signed. Uh, they re-signed Reggie Nelson. I think at safety. Mm-hmm. I think they re-signed. You know, they brought Gathers back for another run. You know, and, and like you know, you know, people would say, to Jake's point, people would say, well, you didn't go out and get the big. You know, you didn't go out and get the big, the big guy that was going to put you over the top. You know, and you know, I don't know. You can make that argument, but you can also say, you know, geez, they did go in 2013 when they kept that defense together. They went fifth. They finished fifth in the league, and they got a home and they got a home playoff game, and they won the division. So, I mean, what you know, what's going to put you over the top? You know, is does that put yeah. you over the top? I mean, I you know, it, I it's know. it's tough because you're right. They drafted so well, and I think if you take 2021 Joe Burrow for the next five years and put it on the 2011 through 2015 Cincinnati Bengals, it changes everything. And I'm not trying to be mean to Andy Dalton. I just think Burrow's special. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and just on a different level. And so yeah. now the Bengals in outside of the 2020 draft, they've struggled in recent years to draft. Well, you know, oh, oh, John Ross, right. I was a big John Ross supporter. It hasn't right. worked out. Mixon's been good. Yeah. Hasn't been as, as great yet. So we'll see, right? right. Even someone like that, you lose Lawson, a guy like you hit on in Jackson, you potentially lose him and Lawson. Right. So 
Right. They're almost playing catch up, I think, in free agency. And that's that's tough. It's dangerous. It's fun for us to talk about and speculate about, but it it is tough. And you do wonder about the sustainability of it. I mean, I think that uh, the um, the the thing with the draft is that it allows you to be it, it allows you to just exactly what you guys are talking about. It allows you to go out and make these make some make some big deals in free agency. And then, but it also, I think, too, for a while they were so you know they they they, they were they were homegrown. So the guys they were they were and they made for you know people say well they never do anything in free agency. But they were always, you know, they was keeping guys like AJ with a mega deal, Perfect with a bigger deal, Dalton with a bigger deal. They were making their big free agent hits by keeping their own. And it's a great, it's a great study in contrast. And Branch Rickey used to talk about this in baseball. And it is better to get rid of guys a year too soon than a year too late. And you wonder when should they have called it off from that 15 from that core of 2015, should they have just called it off in 16 and started over from scratch or seventh? I get in retrospect, it looks like they should have, but do you know that when, you know, in 16, you know, you've still got some, you know, you're still fresh off being so close. You know? It's incredibly but, hard. It's I mean, incredibly it's, hard for NFL teams to figure out when the appropriate time is to, to pull the trigger. And, and actually routinely you see NFL teams get it wrong. It's, it's only when it's very painfully obvious that, you know, we, we don't have the pieces we need to restart. You saw it with Miami, right? And we'll see how that plays out. They've accumulated a ton of capital. They got the third overall pick this year out of trading Laramie Tunzel, which at the time seemed like a pretty crazy move, but may, maybe they got it right. And it's, it's just very hard to do. You see NFL teams screwed up all the time. I think James is right. Barrow is special. I think he'll be even better in 22 than he is in 21 because guys are better a year after their knee surgery but there's no question and you guys have heard me this all the time people are sick of hearing it you know to me you want to protect joe burrow <laughs> make joe mixon the star of your offense <laughs> oh well it, it, so that that's interesting though because i i do think that that part of protecting burrow is obviously the offensive line goes without saying but i'm all aboard the really consider Jamar Chase at five. Like, yeah. I think that matters. And not because he played with Burrow, but because right. if you add a one like AJ, like we just said Burrow was special. Mm -hmm. Well, how good was Andy Dalton because of AJ Green? If, if Jamar, Jamar Chase is that special talent, I get it. You need to block, but it's really hard to find a special receiver like yeah. that. And if Chase is that, I'd consider him at five. Like, to, to me, it they have needs all over, and, and I, I I get the argument, and, and heck, maybe they're they are raring up and, and going to be able to fill a lot of these needs in free agency. But but where are you on that, Butch? As far as yeah. adding weapons, essentially, and I get it. T's really good. Boyd's the man. Yep. Mixon, but 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 where do you land on that? And and obviously at at the fifth pick, they're going to have options, and it feels like it's going to be an offensive player at five unless they trade down, at least as of now. There's not a defensive player to me that's uh, – you don't really don't get – until you get Caleb Farley maybe at seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, I, I, me, I couldn't get Chase in here fast enough because oh. I'm old and I remember <laughs> I remember TJ, Chad, and Henry. Yep. Yeah. And half the league couldn't cover him and the other half didn't want to. And uh, 
one team that couldn't cover him was the Steelers. Uh, you can uh, you can spend half an hour talking to Willie Anderson about that the Steelers just never came close to to uh, covering Chris Henry. You go back, yeah, 05. The playoff game. Right. On the play. But then, but then go back to 06 when they're down 10 going into the fourth quarter and they needed to win to make the playoffs. And he hits two bombs to Henry out of the blue. <laughs> and they should have won the game, but the field goal got missed. But that people forget about 06, but they couldn't cover him then either. Chase would be, you know, I mean, Burrow's got such a uh, such a great touch, and I, I think the long ball will come. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, it's it's too bad that he's got the knee this year. But I think we're going to be in the same situation as last year. I don't think there's going to be anything until August, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, and, I, and he's not going to probably be doing anything, you know, with the receivers probably till mid. I would imagine. I'm not sure when he's going to be available to play. I think he'll be ready for the opener, but I don't know when he's going to be ready to practice. But I just <laughs> – he did so well not knowing those guys. I mean, he had such a great first 10 games. He didn't know these guys from Adam. You know, and he had, you know, and he had great rapport with these guys, great chemistry. So, you know, then you're throwing a guy with Chase that he knows. I mean, that would be, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I'd be surprised if Chase or Sewell were there at five. But I guess mm-hmm. given that it's great that all these quarterbacks are getting pumped up, keep talking up these quarterbacks, will you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bengals will get the, they'll, they'll get, I mean, if those four guys go ahead of them, you know, that'd be great. But I guess two or three could go ahead of them, I guess. The way, the way yeah. yeah. Right. Somebody going to trade? Maybe somebody trades up with the Bengals. I mean, I. What do you guys think about a trade back? I, I. This is the year to do it. I think. If they're not there, right? If if Chase right. and Sewell aren't there, then I right. would entertain it. If one of those guys are there, unless you're getting your socks really knocked off, right. it's an elite talent. Take the talent and run. But right. if right. those two guys are gone, would you rather? Right. Maybe reach for Waddle. Or or take Pitts and people are going to argue positional value there. Even though I, I, I think he's a great. The, the Pitts can't be. I mean, I mean they don't. You know they're 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 an eleven team. You can't a team that plays three yeah. wide receivers. I don't think you pick a tight end. And, and so yeah, then I think you do consider trading down. And you yeah. know even if it's eight or nine, you're still getting a really good player. I get people jacked up with this, but you know what? Hey, you know what? If you can't make a trade and you're sitting there at five, and Sewell and Chase are gone, best defensive player on the board. It's a reach. It's a reach at that point. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, would it be Farley? Would it be the Penn State linebacker? I mean, I, you know, I, I honestly, I mean, if those two guys are gone and you can't get out of there, defense, baby. See, I'd be I'd be on the Waddle train. Probably Waddle or Pitts. <laughs> but Waddle's, a, Waddle's what? Waddle's, how big's Waddle? He's bigger than Smith. Well, I know that. so am I. I mean, so am I. I, I mean, I mean, so I mean, you. Uh, but what's but Waddle's like five ten, right? He is he great is. player. Listen, he's a great. I I love Waddle. I think he's a great player. But it's just, man, the higher that pick, the bigger you got to be. I think. I just let me let me ask you this: Do, do you think? Because I think fans see Waddle and they think of John Ross. Do, do you think that picking John Ross ninth and him ending up, you know, his Bengals career ending the way it was and, and going the way it did, you think that's going to scare them off from a guy like Waddle? It does show you that it does show you the vagaries of uh, taking a guy who's uh, who's 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 kind of on the smaller end, you know, fast, but a little bit on the smaller end. But, uh, you know, he did. I think he I think in college he did have a little bit of a history getting nicked. And I don't know what Waddle's in. You know, I don't know what Waddle's injury history is, but I just think it's uh, Waddle had the ankle. But but he's not past year, but that's it. 
Waddle is extremely fast. Waddle is just as fast as uh, Ruggs last year, probably. Right. A, yeah, he's a, bur- he's a burner. He's five ten, and, and he'll play special teams for you too. Like yeah, he's just, a, you, you can put him back the, on punt and kicks. I'm just worried about you know I'm worried about his size, and I and I and and size wasn't John's problem, wasn't Ross's problem. I, I mean, he he get hurt. I mean, he just got he just didn't get. I mean, he didn't have time to get his feet on the ground. He hurt his he got hurt. Uh, he was hurt coming in, and he mm-hmm. got hurt when he was here that rookie year. I mean, he lost he lost a couple of years just to injury, and that and that really hurt him. Then the offense changed on him, and so I just you know he really didn't have a uh, he really didn't have a shot. You know, every case is different. You can't look at this guy and think you know, and, and these guys won't look at him and think Ross. You know, sure. I mean, I think I think they'll look at him and think, you know, uh, I think they'll look at him and think. Um, what's 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 available other than him you know gotcha i think you know because you know i think i mean that's i don't know i just i just worry about the guy's size and 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 guy talking to some people they've always said you know the bit the higher that pick is in the first big people it's a it's it's a big people's game you know what i mean And, Mm -hmm. and i go back to go back as far back as 2000 with 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 little receiver peter warwick Great college player, but just not fast enough to, you know, to do it. It's a, it's, it's a high pick for a guy that, you know, for a guy that's small. Now, I may be wrong. You know, this guy, you know, Waddle may be the, you know, I mean, sure. look at, you know, I mean, maybe he's, maybe, maybe he gives the Bengals what the Chiefs, you know, what the Chiefs have. Can't cover them. They're so fast, you know. That but would I, be nice, I, right? <laughs> I, just, I just think, I just think it's, but, you know, those guys going in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds too. You don't see them going in the. Yeah. You don't see them going that high either. You know, so uh, I I, uh, I I love speed, and I'm not turned off about speed because of what happened to Ross. I'm just uh, I'm turned off about 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 size. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think that that's a legitimate concern for. I think that's a legitimate concern for for Waddle and for Smith. Uh, Waddle at least has a, a bit more thickness to him. You know, he's a little yeah. bit shorter, but he's. He's got the build. He doesn't look as as slender, let's say, as Smith. We do know also that today uh, it was reported that the Bengals did meet with Iowa wide receiver Amir Smith-Marset. He's probably a day three guy, special teams contributor, absolute vertical burner. So they are interested in speed, at least judging from that report and from, from what we've talked about. But um, That's the one thing that Waddle would give them. I think they yeah. are in the hunt. They're obviously in the hunt. They need they need a speed receiver, you know. So I mean I I you know, and obviously Waddle fits that. But I think there's uh, Peter King wrote this the other day too. The influx of receivers in the last couple of years, the way the college game is, you can get a guy that's going to help you right now. It's like a running back was, you know, ten years ago. You can get a wide receiver with the with the seventieth, eightieth, ninetieth pick, and he's going to come in and help you right away. So, which is another reason why. You know, believe me, I love Waddle, but, you know, I think he can get a guy. He might not be Waddle, but I think he can get a guy. And, you know, at five, you can, you can, if you can't trade out of there, you know, get, you know, get, get the best defensive player on the board. Hopefully it's solar chase. And this argument is, uh, isn't, doesn't even happen. I mean, it's, and that's the thing. I mean, if you, if you think you got a good shot at Sewell, do you, do you drop all that money on a Darrell Williams or, or, or a Trent Williams? What are you doing free agency? If you think you got it, you know, well, if 
you know, you're going to take Sewell. I would, uh, I wouldn't plan on getting Sewell. I would hope, I guess you hope one of them's there, but if they're not, it's but not I'm the saying, end of the world, right? If you, but if you sign Williams or if you sign Darrell or Trent, you can't take him. Oh, I would still take him. You could play him at right. If you like, if you sign Trent, you could play Panay Sewell at right. I'm not sure if they, they might play him at right anyway with Jonah. You sure they would move Jonah if they pick Sewell? Um, no, I don't think, I think, uh, I think Jonah would be the guy, uh, you know, I you think, think so. Yeah, I think, I think probably, cause I think Sewell is all the, uh, is everything you look for in a left tackle, but that's a good debate though. I mean, that, that, that's a good debate. I mean, Brian Callahan was pretty adamant that they feel like Jonah's a tackle. They're not going to mm-hmm. move him inside. I know there was kind of, uh, uh, I know Lap was spitballing a bit one day and I agree with him. He, he thinks Jonah would be a great center cause he's such a smart guy, you know, and he would be, but sure. I think that, uh, I think, Callahan right now they see him as a tackle so that's interesting if you know if you what would they do if they got Sewell and uh they did you know they did sign a Dow Williams yeah yeah you know? and then, then, and then, then suddenly there it's an embarrassment of riches at tackle and we, but there's nothing you know but there's nothing wrong with that I mean sure as long as you hey as, I mean as long as you're not getting 17 sacks again you know I mean that's, that's just I'm what you know last two years they're last in the league in sacks so the last time they took a defensive lineman in the first round, this is the 20th anniversary. Justin Smith, I nope. just can't take one now because there's not one there. Yeah, but, that, that's the bummer. If there was a bummer about this draft, I think it's yeah. that is that no there question. is no obvious pass rusher yeah. taking you know that you could take it at five. You know that doesn't feel like a big reach, but there's not even a guy that he you know that they can miss out on. They can't yeah. say, oh, geez, we just missed. They yeah, there's, not there's no young. There's like no that. yeah. yeah. So, Jeff, I appreciate the time, man. We appreciate the time. Just spoiler, we may bother you before the draft, if that's okay, Great. and have you come back on. But this was a lot of fun. I'll have uh, – I'm going to – at some point, I'm going to have a – get a roundtable going. going. I'll get you guys on there. I, I hope I didn't cause this show to get canceled. <laughs> yeah, right. Ratings boost. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Hobson Sin. Check out his work at Bengals.com. That's going to do it for today's extended edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. For Jake Lisko, I'm James Rapine, and in the immortal words of Jake Lisko, who day, and have a good one.